Boom. Boom. Check. They see me rolling. <laughs> Should finish that. We're rolling. Hi, everyone, and welcome to What Would My Shrink Say, a podcast where you get inside the heads of a couple psychologists and see life through their eyes. You'll never be the same. All right, Todd, you ready? I'm ready. Okay. You ready? I am ready. This, I believe, is going to be our 100th episode. Is that right? 100. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of a lot. I didn't realize we, I mean, mm-hmm. you mentioned that we might be creeping up on this. Yeah. This, I think this will be our 100th episode. Um, it's impressive. Unless like. Joe Rogan calls and wants to get on in between or something. Then probably, probably he, like we might let him on if that was the case. Mm, yeah, if it's convenient Maybe. for us, if the topic's good. Yeah, if he can impress us, <laughs> if he can fly his, out here, yeah, do it yeah, live. If he can make it work on his dime. <clears throat> um, but yeah, hundred episodes. Congratulations. Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> what is our one um, hundredth episode going to be about? So we are talking about. Using emotions for self knowledge. And we've kind of we've kind of nudged this topic, I think, before mm-hmm. in kind of uh knowledge and values. I think we had a discussion about that at some point. Mm-hmm. Um but but this is a um a really interesting topic for me personally, I think. I, I'm just really interested in emotions and how they work. Um how about you? Yeah. I mean I th- I think that's kind of a contrarian. I, I like this because it the, the popular view of at least kind of what people call negative emotions, mm. anxiety, sadness, anger, stuff like that. We sort of medicalize them. And ba- people basically think of them as like viruses, like bad things that like when you catch them, you got to like do something to get rid of them. And, and this is a, like a fundamental point of talking about emotion, I think, is that um, your understanding of your emotions is pretty critical. Yeah, what do you actually think emotions are mm-hmm. matters a lot. Yeah, what are, what are they and what are they for kind of matters. And not even like in a technical scientific way do you know what emotions right, are, right. but even just what's your metaphor for emotions? Like a lot of people, their metaphor is basically this is a germ. It's like a disease if I, if I feel anxious for a long time and I need to... Something's wrong with it. Yeah, me. I need to get yeah, rid of it, Yeah, right? I need a medi- medication or I need a coping skill or I need something that's going to get rid of this anxiety, right? Yeah. Where... It, well, that's and, when it, that, that, at least that's when it goes bad, right? When, sure. when you start looking at your emotions like there's something you can't have, can't tolerate, don't want. But even, you know, quote unquote positive emotions, happiness. I think people think of happiness as like, it's like a gift, like bestowed from the universe onto you. And mm-hmm. like every once in a while you just get, you're just really happy, you know, and like that's awesome. And, you know, yeah. you gotta like find happiness more. And but, so I just think like, our metaphors for emo- what emotions are and how they work matter a lot. Or, our, yeah, the way we kind of uh, perceive how they, or, or our understanding of mm-hmm. them. Yeah, yeah. Right. Speaking of which, I, I've talked about this before, but I, my favorite metaphor for emotions is your dashboard metaphor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's still my favorite. It's a good one. Which are, emotions are like indicators, lights, dials, gauges on your dashboard. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that they're, they're fundamentally, they're about communication. Yeah, there. Your emotional experience definitely gives you bits of of knowledge, and sometimes several bits of knowledge, 
um, about yourself or the context around you or whatever it is. So yeah, they're just a, or or about what you should do. Yeah, right, if your low fuel light goes off, or about behavioral options, it kind of nudges you to look for a gas station. Yep. Yeah, um, indicates there's something I probably want to do soon. Yeah, yeah, and that however you may feel when your low fuel light goes off, that's everybody understands. Even if I feel a little anxious when my low fuel light goes off, that's entirely secondary to the fact that well, there's just this information that would be good for me to know, which is I'm running low on fuel. Right. And so I should probably get some more fuel. Right. So that we understand with the dashboard that the feeling, how we feel when a light goes off, is you know it's 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 there, it's meaningful. Um, but what's more important is the message. Yeah, yeah. What you're what you're talking about is that almost judgment that that like that a gas gauge can't be bad. Right. <laughs> right. It's totally. No, nobody it's looks neutral. at their gas gauge and is like, "I hate you," you know, <laughs> or 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 nobody wants to put a piece of duct tape over their gas gauge, <laughs> right. um, you know, on their dashboard. But but sometimes we do that as humans. We we want to say, "Whoa!" When that gauge goes off, I feel this way, and so therefore I want to cover that up all the time. I, I want to avoid almost. it. I want to do. <laughs> Um, take, take anxiety for a minute. You, you kind of touched on that earlier. I mean, people who, who tend to experience anxiety over time end up hating feeling anxious. Mm-hmm. Understandably so. It's not pleasant to feel that way. But over time, if you're not really paying attention to what that signal means, you develop the idea that that emotion is a bad thing. Mm-hmm. I can't feel it. I don't want to feel it. So I'm going to avoid any situation where it comes up yeah. or anything that it's tied to for me or anything that or anything that consistently when I cross its path makes me feel that way, I'm going to just not right. go there, and which is kind of like hugely up ironic gauge. process there where you get yourself in all these vicious cycles because mm-hmm. the more you avoid something, the more you you train your brain to think of it as dangerous. And yeah. so the more anxiety it causes. So it's very, again, your, your metaphor, your idea of how, how and what emotions are matters a lot. Actually, yeah. this is not just theoretical. Right. It matters for how you feel and what you do in your life. Yeah, you know, I, I, um, boy, if you if you break it down into into those elements, so you, you you talked about kind of negative or aversive emotions versus kind of positive emotions, and I think what we see a lot is people that decide that negative emotions mean something's wrong or bad or I am bad, right? Um, and if, and if you're starting with that structure for your emotions, man, are you gonna run into a lot of situations in life? where it turns out you're bad or, right. or something's wrong or you have to do something. If that's the way you think of your emotions, then there's a, there's a, it, it sets you up to struggle in your life. Right. Rather than looking at my negative emotions as this is information I need to make better decisions or, or, or good decisions about my life, we end up saying, oh, I don't want to feel those things and trying to avoid those things is impossible. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, which is why I think we, and then we end up turning to, we kind of base our lives around really unhelpful um, strategies like like ad- addictions of all kinds in a lot of ways boil down to, I don't want to feel a certain way. And so I'm going to do something to make sure that I don't feel that way mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. So if you're, if you're always high, maybe you won't feel anxious anymore, right? Mm-hmm. But then obviously like what happens to your life? Is that really worth it? Right, right. right. Um, so this is, I, I mean, I think that's just important to point out because it, it sets the kind of the stakes for this conversation. This is not just like a theoretical sort of like, ooh, can emotions teach us something? Like, <laughs> right. No, it really matters like no, how you think about emotions. One of my, one of my favorite examples was a client I had uh, many years ago who had picked up drinking as a way to handle anxiety once he got into college because he wasn't comfortable approaching women. Mm-hmm. 
So he found out that when he was out with his buddies and, and in college, that if he had a couple beers, he could approach women and ask them out and start conversations and things like that. And so this became kind of a, a habit. He'd go out, he'd have a few beers. He'd, he, he was more likely to talk to the girls. So then whenever he felt kind of that nervous, anxious kind of feeling, we'd just have a couple beers and you'd be fine. Um, well, the problem is then they say yes, and you have to go out on a date. <laughs> so you got to calm your nerves then. So you're drinking before and during and after these dates. And he, he quickly realized he, he developed a, a drinking problem. But it was all to kind of manage this emotion that he didn't want to feel. You know, I'd, he, he kind of had the idea that it, he couldn't talk to girls if he felt this way. Right. So his solution was make that feeling go away. Then I'll be able to do this thing. Mm -hmm. The information he was missing, though, was pretty crucial, though, which was, oh, man, I don't really know how to do this, right? I don't, I'm not real confident in the way I approach women and, and ask for these things. How do I get better at that? Instead, it was, let's just make that go away, mm -hmm. and, and then, I'll be, then I'll be fine, rather than really using that anxiety as information that meant, mm. ooh, this is a new experience for me, and I'm not really confident with it yet. And that's all that that meant. Yeah. That's basically all that that emotion meant. And instead of saying, I'm just gonna have to figure this out and approach these women any, anyway, it was, I gotta make this emotion go away, then I'll be okay. And that, goes, that comes from looking at your emotions in terms of good or bad, as opposed to just informational. Or, or um, even, even emotions as um, sources of behavior. Because he really thought, because I feel this way, I can't oh, yeah. do X, but Y, and Z. they dictate behavior. And there's a, a real problem um, that, that we see a lot, and I think in our clients, is they feel like emotions mean that they have to do certain things. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, so another way with anxiety, while we're on anxiety, one of the ways I, I kind of talk about this sometimes is that, um, so your, your, your threat detection system goes off, your fight or flight system goes off, releases adrenaline, makes you feel those symptoms we associate with anxiety. Um, anytime it encounters something that, that might potentially be a threat or dangerous, which encompasses a lot of things, including things that are just challenging things that for instance, might lead you to fail and look like a fool in front of other people. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. Another way of looking at that is an anxiety encompasses all the most important things in life. Everything important, everything really meaningful and important in your life. It is involves some sort of like challenge, right? Some degree of like risk or uncertainty. When you, you ask your partner to marry you, right? Getting married, right? If you decide to have kids, if you decide to learn how to play the piano or try out for the soccer team or like whatever, like take all, that job. Yeah. Take the job. All the best things mm -hmm. involve anxiety beforehand. So another way to look at anxiety is it's your body telling you like, Hey, this is a big thing. Big doesn't mean bad. Yeah. Big could mean very good. It's actually not a terrible idea to make a list of all the things that kind of make you anxious and then ask yourself like, are there things on here that, I, that are actually, if I can get over the idea that I would be uncomfortable, there are things I really want. Mm -hmm. Like they're really exciting to mm -hmm. me. Um, so you, you can reframe anxiety as excitement about a challenge. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, and anything that you end up caring about, um, you may worry about. Yeah, then you're going to have anxiety <laughs> right? you're, about. If you have a kid, say, you're going to worry yeah, about your kid. You know. You're going to, but but to use that to your favor, you know, to use that as information to base really healthy decisions off of, rather than being consumed with making that feeling go away. Right. Which is the trap that we can kind of find ourselves a lot. Here's a, here's another one I got from an idea I got from you that I use all the time now is. Um, when I talk to people about sadness and grief in particular, mm -hmm. I remember you 
tell me one time in, in, in some version of this, that our, our grief or sadness is proportional to how much love or value we had for the thing we lost. Mm-hmm. Right? So when you, you feel awful and devastated because you lost someone, that's, that's a sign of how much you loved and appreciated and valued that person. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's actually a really healthy, good thing to reflect on Mm -hmm. and remember. Especially when they're gone. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. There's a lot of mental mapping that goes around in grief as well. So Mm -hmm. yeah, but there, I mean, grief is a sign that you've cared and have lost. Right. It's not a sign that something's wrong Wrong with you. you. Yeah. It's not a sign that something's bad and that you've got to not feel this way. It's really unpleasant. Um, but, but in, you know, I like to encourage my clients sometimes to feel the full range of emotion in their life. You know, there's going to be some exquisitely painful things in life. But really being able to, to experience that adds to your life in the same way that experiencing really joyful, kind of intensely happy moments mm-hmm. adds to your life. It just, it, it, it's an it's a educational range of, of your experiences. It's a really informative yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. The other thing too to, to keep in mind is like just sort of like the dashboard. Um, sometimes your low fuel light goes off and you know, it usually means you're low on fuel. But we've all had that experience where like your check engine light goes off <laughs> right. and you were just at the mechanic and, the, and he said like, don't worry about it. There's weird wiring with your check engine light. It's going to go on and off occasionally. It doesn't mean anything. Right. I think that's really important. You don't want to put emotions up on too much of a pedestal either. Yeah. Like, like, so I think about this a lot with, um, with sadness, more like run of the mill sadness, not intense grief necessarily. But a lot of times when any, so anytime you lose something either literally or even kind of symbolically, um, you're going to feel sad or some version of sadness most Mm -hmm. likely. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, among other things probably. But one of the things that happens when we get sad, it's not only the, that we feel the emotion of sadness, but all sorts of other things change. Our activity level decreases a little bit right? Our motivation to do lots of the things we normally do goes down a little bit. Mm-hmm. We mentally, we get a little more internal. We, we kind of like, we start like th- think we get in our heads a little bit. Mm-hmm. Now that often that can, that can lead, that can go too extreme. You can end up ruminating about stuff or you can end up isolating yourself. But those initial impulses aren't necessarily bad. Like when we get sad and kind of slow down, mm-hmm. that's often a really helpful thing. It helps us to kind of pause and reflect and just like life is fast and Mm. chaotic and overstimulating. So getting sad when you lose something, the the sadness part of it is like, it can, it can just be a side effect. Maybe the more important thing is that you're kind of slowing down and going into a more reflective mode or way of living for a little while. I think you're, I think you're exactly right. I think we just, I mean, and, and, and to make it perfectly clear, Dr. Wignall and I are not suggesting that that these things are not painful. They are they are sure. very painful. Um, but the idea is where you put your attention when you're in that pain. And if it's all on the pain and you're saying, I can't feel this, I don't want to feel this, ugh, that's going to be brutal for you. Yeah, imagine, sorry, imagining you're, you're going to start, you go to the gym and you're going to start exercising, right? And your trainer says, okay, hop on the treadmill. We're going to, you know, run for 10 minutes. And then they tell you, okay, I want you to focus on nothing but how awful your legs feel while you're running. You wouldn't make it very long (laughs) running if if you just kept your focus on, I feel terrible. My legs feel awful. Something must be wrong. Why do I have to go through with this? Like, Think in great detail about how awful your legs are Yeah, how awful this feels. (laughs) But with exercise, we know 
the feeling, the discomfort, it's just a side effect. There are plenty of good things that right. have a side effect that doesn't feel good. Yeah, yeah. Right? Um, if you look at... Um, um, I'll have clients that, that get overwhelmed, right? They, they have a, a pattern of maybe getting overwhelmed with a choice and all they want to do is disengage and not make a choice at all, mm -hmm. right? And what's really interesting is they'll, they, they interpret that feeling of being overwhelmed as a sign that they cannot make a decision or that um, the decision, no matter what, they're going to make the wrong decision, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Instead of using that emotion to say, wow, I'm really confused and overwhelmed right now, that may mean that maybe it's not time to make this decision yet. Maybe mm -hmm. I should think about this decision a little bit more. Or maybe I should really take um, a really good look at what I'm trying to do with this decision. Instead of using that emotion as kind of a sign to say, wait a minute, I'm not real sure about this and I'm, I'm feeling pressured and I don't want to feel this way. Oftentimes it's like, I'll, I'll just make a hurried decision to get it over with, over with yeah. or I just won't make the decision at all. Um, because the idea is that I'm so focused on the emotional experience there and how unpleasant it is that I'm going to disconnect from this context of my life right here instead of being able to kind of tolerate that emotion and use it to say, hmm, this might mean I'm not ready to make this choice yet or this might mean that I need to think about this. Right. Yeah. It's, it's a really, it, it tends to be what you're attending to inside that emotional experience. If mm -hmm. it's just the emotion, that's going to be pretty brutal. Right. Yeah. So here's another one that's, that's come up a lot lately in the last few years, um, for me anyway. Um, and we, d we don't like to get political in this podcast, but this is going to involve politics <laughs> slightly. <laughs> Bear with me. So um, anger is a, is it a difficult emotion in a lot of ways and kind of a confusing emotion mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. But I think anger can actually, with the right perspective, anger can, be re can really lead to a lot of self-knowledge and, and like self-actualization kind of more fulfilling behaviors. So here's, here's the example I found. Um, a lot of, and I don't think this would surprise anyone who studies statistics, but I would say, you know, definitely a lot of people who come into therapy and who really value the idea of therapy are maybe a little more on the left side of the political spectrum. Um, and when Trump was elected president in the U S a lot of people were really upset. Um, very worried, very concerned, very stressed out, and have been for the last few years as he's been the president. Um, but also really angry, like a lot of lot of anger. Mm -hmm. And so that just came up a lot in our therapy sessions as people talk about how, yes, anxious and sad and disappointed um, at the way, the direction our country is going and who our leaders are, but also just anger, like a lot yeah. of anger that they feel like he in particular is doing, he's doing things that are bad for our country and mm -hmm. the way that the country is going. Now, I, I don't want to get into, I don't care like at this point like whether that's true or false. The point is, what did they do with that anger? And what a lot of, what I heard a lot of was like, there's a lot of like venting going on. People like just like getting together and kind of venting about how angry they are and how terrible this is. And, and they do it in therapy. They do it with their friends. They do it with their family. They do it with all sorts of people. Mm -hmm. um, but it didn't really go anywhere. And what, what these people found and what I found talking to them over months, years even, is that they felt just as angry and just as upset, if, if not more. And so one little reframe I would kind of do with my clients sometimes is validate the anger. Like anger is what you feel when you, when you perceive that there's an injustice, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Something is, is going a certain way and, and it should not be going that way. Mm -hmm. Now, why, why would your body get you to be angry when there's an injustice? Just, is your body just trying to make you feel bad? Mm. No, not at all. Anger like impels us to make a change when something's wrong, right? Right. Mm -hmm. So 
it, we got into some really productive conversations of, okay, yeah, you're, you're angry. Um, wh- what can you do with that anger? What can that anger like motivate you, you to do that's productive? So a, a lot of people like after some of those conversations, they started volunteering for organizations that they felt like were getting, um, you know, hurt by changes in the political winds or whatever, mm. right? They'd start volunteering on campaigns for, you know, opposing parties. They started donating more money. They started, you know, getting more active and giving talks and doing all sorts of stuff. And I feel like that's, that's what we're talking about when, when we say, instead of just focusing on the, the emotion itself, what can the emotion teach you or help you to achieve? Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, so in a weird way though, you can't be too obsessed with the, the emotion and the feeling. Right. You don't, yeah. you don't want your attention focused on that. Right? Yeah. And just stewing over and over and over again yeah. about how, if you use your emotions much more around, what does this mean? What does this mean about me? How do I want to use it? Mm-hmm. Um, Anger, anger, you know, you're, you're mad at the end of a, an election and you say, wow, my, my expectation was violated here. Well, what does that tell you? Well, that my expectations can be violated for one, mm-hmm. you know, that, that stuff isn't going to go the way I want it to sometimes. Um, so that if I, if I find myself getting mad everywhere all over my life, man, maybe I have a problem when my expectations are being violated, oh, yeah. you know, and maybe I need to address that. But we want to make a curious study of our emotional experience mm. rather than really determining we can't have the emotion and we've got to get rid of it because there's where things go really sour, I think, yes. a lot of the time. Yep. Yeah. Um, to, to really use your emotions as information to make good pro, pro-you choices. You know, what's going to be good for me in this right. situation? And this, this is, it goes back so well to your dashboard metaphor, I think, for emotions, which is no, any normal good driver they neither ignore nor obsess over their dashboard. Right. Right. You, you don't. They're not, aware of it. Yeah. yeah. You're not going to be a good driver if you put duct tape over your low fuel light. <laughs> you're also not going to yeah. be good if you just stare at it constantly while you drive. Yeah. You, when it comes on, you take note of it. You think about what it means. You, you think a bit about what you could do as a result. And then you get on with driving. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think that's such a healthy way to think about emotions generally. You, you're aware of them. You think about them but you don't ignore or obsess over them. Right. Your, your gas gauge going down to a quarter of a tank doesn't mean it's time to panic and go to the gas station. Right. Right. But if you're out in the middle of nowhere, right, you got you to gotta use your, your emotions as information about what's going on, uh, but not the sole decision maker in all of your... And as you're pointing out, the context matters a oh, lot. Oh, a ton. If you're a ton. on a road trip in the middle of West Texas and you're at a quarter of a tank, that is way different than mm-hmm. being downtown with yeah. a quarter of a tank of gas, right? Yeah. W- they mean totally different things. Or, or you look at your resentment gauge and you go, whoa, <laughs> uh, I mean, need to, I need to purge some of this, right? <laughs> um, but a lot of the times we don't. We're just like, okay, I guess that's going to be okay. Later down the road, I'll deal with that. Well, or, or not how do I deal with this, but I don't want to feel resentful anymore. How yeah, do I make I it just go don't away? Wanna, I just want to get rid of that. Right. Yeah. But, on, but yeah, yeah. So using your emotions as a, as an educational experience on mm. yourself and what's going on around you rather than a determining factor for your behavior every time is, is going to be much more beneficial to you in your life. Hey everyone, Nick and I really appreciate you listening to the podcast. Please rate us on iTunes if you get a chance. And if you have any feedback or comments for us, that'd be great as well. 
And if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover in the podcast, let us know in the comment section as well. Thanks.